Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Rocks Life Podcast. I'm Greg and today my guest is rugby league legend Jamie Peacock. Jamie is one of the most respected rugby league players of his generation. Amongst many other accolades, Jamie has captained England and Great Britain, won the Man of Steel and International Forward of the Year awards and is the most successful player in Super League history. Since retiring from rugby, Jamie is a motivational speaker and has taken on, amongst other things, marathons, ultras and now high rocks. We cover so much in this chat, including his sporting highlights, how he dealt with pressure through his career, his get-off-the-bus mantra, his mindset around injuries, what he thinks separated his teams from others, his mindset during High Rocks, and how he plans to change that for future races, and tons more. I know I always say this, but this is a really, really great chat with so many insights and so much inspiration from a true sporting legend. I absolutely love chatting with him, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Greg, you keep bringing us these incredible guests every week, all for free. How can we repay you? Well, let me tell you, it is for free in that it won't cost you a penny. But if you can spare just one minute of your time to share the episodes on the Instagram stories, if you're on there, or whatever social media platform you use, as well as making sure you leave us some nice reviews on iTunes and Spotify, then it is very much appreciated. We get thousands of listeners now every week and if only a small fraction of you do that then it can help us to continue to grow and grow and get more and more guests like this onto the show in other news over on the site we have a write-up of the recent amsterdam event where amongst other performances one of the fastest ever men's doubles times was set you can read more about that on rockslife.com where you can also find out more about our 12-week training plan and our personalized coaching plans to help you get ready for your next race I do just want to give some shout outs to some awesome brands that I use and love and who help to make this show possible. Firstly, Wit Fitness, who work with some of the biggest and the best, most unique athletic brands in the world to provide athletes with a brilliant choice of product, footwear and clothing. They offer everything you could need when training for and racing in High Rocks. And they've started their Black Friday sale early with up to 70% off for all of November 2023. So go and check them out at wit-fitness.com. Also, a big shout out to X Endurance, who range of supplements are perfect for someone preparing for High Rocks. Things like their Career Pure Creatine, their Fuel 5 car product, and their great tasting electrolytes are some of the best of their type on the market and some that I, as a nutritionist, believe that most people would benefit from if they are training for High Rocks. I've used them for a long time now and have no hesitation in recommending them. So go and check them out at xendurance.eu. And finally, Built for Athletes. I love my Built for Athletes bags. They're very, very high quality, can store so much. They're perfect for taking to the gym, to events, to any situation really. They're premium quality fitness backpacks trusted by over 150,000 everyday and elite athletes. And what's more, if you want a discount on your next order, just use code ROCKS20 at checkout and you'll get 20% off. So you can find out more about them at builtforathletes.com. Okay, I think that's everything covered. Let's get into it. Really hope you enjoyed this fantastic chat with the legend that is Jamie Peacock. All right, we're live. Jamie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for, for having me on, Greg. It's uh, great, great to be on the, the podcast and be on the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, I thought I thought we might start with your book. Your book is called No White Flag. Yeah. Can you tell us? Why, why it's got that title? Yeah, so um, so funny enough, the book is um, 
I brought out an autobiography because I thought I was going to retire in like 2008, but I ended up playing another seven years. <laughs> so <laughs> but, um, it's gone no white flag because I just had a reputation as a player of like not quitting, you know, and I, I pushed things as hard as I could. And, you know, my career wasn't built probably, it wasn't built on natural talent. It was built more on mindset and like application and just trying to push myself as hard as I could. And, and I always believed, you know, I could push myself and would never show a white flag no matter how tough or physical the game got. So it kind of come from that background of doing that. Okay. I, I was going to ask you about that, funnily enough. I've heard you say before, like, how you didn't have natural talent for the sport necessarily. And, like, I think even at age 16, like, clubs weren't particularly interested in you. Do, do you feel like there's anything that changed between, like, the age of 16 and, you know, as as you, as you as you got older that, that, that really changed things for you or was it like the hard work, the consistency? Yeah, there, I mean... Was there a change in mindset over that time or anything like that? I, I reckon, I think as you mature, I always had a mindset to push myself. I remember as a kid, I'd always train hard, but I think as you become more self-aware and as you, you, you know, progress through 16, 17, 18, you try, certainly for me anyway, I, I began to try and work out what are the things that I can do well that are going to get me in front of where other people are. And I think signing professional at nearly 19, I understood that, look, you know, I have more natural rugby talent than the person on the street, but in this group, I'm not. So there's going to be, there's got to be other ways where I can get an head or, or in front of other people. And obviously, you know, rugby league's a tough sport, but it's based on, on uh, mental toughness and physical endurance. So I thought... I, I can excel in these, you know, I might not have as good a hand-eye coordination or really high rugby IQ as other players, but these are decisions that you make day-to-day and, and session-to-session and run-to-run. And run. So I thought these are areas where I can really start to improve and, and get gains on other people. And I was in an environment as well that had players who were like that, the five, five, six senior players who maybe we're not the most skillful players, but they had a really strong work ethic and, and you kind of um, learn through them. You, you can see, you know, I'm more like this player, uh, works hard than the player who's got lots of talent. So I'm going to be work more like him. And I realised that, you, you know, that um, you, you might have more talent than me, but I, I'll wear you down, you know. You, you might have more talent, but when, when we've got 10 minutes left in the game, I'm going to physically fit her, which means I, I think we're more clarity, which means I'll actually be more talented than you because you, you've let um, fatigue get the better of you. And I think it was just a long-winded answer to what you said there is becoming more self-aware and trying to work out, you know, what's the best strategy for me to succeed as a player, you know, first of all, at an amateur level, but then when I got in the pro environment, how do I succeed in this environment? Yeah, yeah. I come from more of a like, football background. I've heard, I think it was like Sam Allardyce used to talk about that with his teams. Like, we, we can't be the most skillful, but we can be the fittest. We can work the hardest. Like, our set pieces can be so well drilled that it's, it's better than, you know, some of the teams that can spend more money. Um, and I think yeah. that probably can be applied to any sport, even like higher ops, you know, you might not be naturally the fittest, but like how you pace it, like your technique or, or you know, how you approach everything, uh, they're things that you can control whatever level you're at, really. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's just working out where, where the bits you can really control and being as good as you can be at being those, you know, and push yourself as hard as you can. And, yeah, I mean, Irox is... The, the good thing about Irox is Irox is really accessible, but 
Having done a race now, there is strategy in there, isn't there? There's a mm. lot of like nuance in how, how you kind of do things and how mentally you you approach things. It's not just go balls out and let's see what happens. That doesn't yeah. work for anyone, you know? Nah, yeah. Um, can you tell us about your time to get off the bus mantra? Please? Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. So good. just just story around self-belief that um, I obviously now I know that you know, to succeed in life, when we feel a bit of nerves and feel a bit of self-doubt, it's a good thing, right? Because we're in a good situation. And we're in a situation where whatever's making us feel nervous or, or doubtful, if we can push through it, that's where our greatest accomplishments come from, right? You know, take it back to IROX. I, I think there were thousands of people in there felt really nervous, but come the other end of it, you know, an hour and a half later, it's one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And that's what life's about. But when I was younger... Um, I got offered a trial at the Bradford Bulls um, when I was nearly 19 years of age and I was really nervous about doing it, didn't have much self-confidence to the point, you know, I caught the bus from where I lived in, in Leeds up to Bradford and on the bus journey got more and more nervous. Got to my bus stop and I bottled it, I stayed on the bus. Now I stayed on the bus till it freaking terminated. Now in fact, I had to get off the bus at this point. Uh, so I've got off this bus and um, thinking, you know, I've blown my big opportunity here to... to um, you know, sign professionally. Um, so anyway, you know, I thought, what do we do? I ring my dad, spoke to my dad. You know, he was a bit pissed with me, you know. I was straight talking with some new swear words, Greg, when he spoke to me that day. But <laughs> he, um, he said, you know, come on and we'll have a chat. And on the way home, I thought to myself, do you know what? I've got a lot of people around me believe me, but the one person who has to believe in themselves is me. So I came up with a mantra, time to get off the bus, because I thought, if I get another chance, I've got to get off this bus. Got home, spoke to my dad. Dad said, give me one more chance, which meant then all week, I uh, told myself, time to get off the bus, time to get off the bus, good enough to go train with the Bradford Bulls. Following week, jump on a bus, keep telling myself this mantra, get to my bus stop, and I go train with the first team, do the trial period. It was really tough and intense, Greg. You know, it's elite sport, but it was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, and we all know that's what happens when we confront our biggest fears, right? Mm -hmm. And I learned a lesson that day that self-doubt is normal. Uh, negative talk can be managed and you just need to believe in myself so then throughout my time in sport uh, in rugby league I use that message every time you up a level because every time you up a level you're going to get a bit of self-doubt with it and you know the best example I can give it was when I first got picked to play against Australia so if you're listening and you don't know rugby league Australia have been the world's best team for the last 60 years you know they are the, ben the world benchmark um, you know, better than the All Blacks in South Africa put together if you follow the other one. But so my first game for Great Britain was against the Australians and I was nervous all week, but told myself, time to get off the bus, time to get off the bus, good enough to be there. And I scored a try in under two minutes in the game. Um, got into the game and we beat the Aussies that day against all the odds. So shows you how I use that lesson throughout my career. And it's one that anybody can kind of use that they got to get off the bus in life if you want to achieve anything. Yeah. Love it, love it. I, I, funnily enough, like to take it back to Hyrox again, you see, uh, like there's a Facebook group where people put up tickets for sale, and you see as the event approaches, like all these tickets come up for sale. And sometimes it's for injury, fair enough, but yeah. I start to suspect a lot of the time it's just like they're nervous and they're worried and they're not ready and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, since I've I heard you talk about this, this mantra, I think, yeah, a lot of people could do with telling themselves like it's time to get off the bus and then just like just go do it and like the experience that you get and the like the value that you get from just doing one even if you're not really ready for a higher ops like it, it stands you in good stead for the future you know 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. They, they, they should do it. And generally, it'll come down. They've under-trained. What they've under-trained, they've entered it and then thought, I can't do it. But I said, what they'll get out of it for just trying to push themselves, even though they've under-trained and completing it, it'll be so much more than going up that taking the easy option and selling it on, on Facebook. It's too easy to take the easy option in life. But taking the harder option, be nervous, push yourself and, you know, through the other side of it, you'll get something from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you tell us about, uh, I've also heard you talk about uh, uh, hard decisions. Is it hard decisions and easy decisions? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good one. So I just think in, in our lives, uh, we always have, I think quite often we have two crossroads, don't we? There's always it's generally like two options in in our lives when we come to a decision, Greg. So, for example, this week, you know, rain and shit weather. You get up at six in the morning to train, look out the window, and you think it's raining. Easy option is stay in bed. Hard option at the, that time is get up, get out of bed, and, and go running running in the rain. But I think the more hard options we make in in our lives, the easier our lives become. But then the more easy options we take, the harder our lives become. So, you know, that once you stay in bed, you know, and you don't run, that's an easy option that day. Might might feel great staying in your warm bed. But you do that consistently over time. Your health will suffer long-term. You'll suffer from it. So you make your life harder by making the easy decision. Our lives become easier when we make difficult decisions. So like if you're at work and you've got to have a difficult conversation with somebody, the easy option is just not say anything what a lot of people do but the hard option is to say something but then you're helping that person and you're helping yourself too so i think quite often in life when we're faced with that choice you know this you can i can go the easy path right now it feels easiest but long term you'll suffer for it you better go in the harder option right now that may be more difficult short term but long term you, you'll get something out of it and i think it's a good simple mindset to try and apply to anything you do that becomes a little bit difficult yeah 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 love it um you had a a very successful long rugby league career uh what what kept you motivated throughout that like you had early success you know what kept driving you year after year after year yeah so i mean that's a really good question that because that the motivation to be Motivation to be successful, I think, changes throughout your career. The more I think about things, is that you, you, you know, when you first come through, you want to make it. That's your motivator, don't you? You want to yeah. make it. I'm not from, you know, I'm not from a financially great background, and to make it from having nothing to being a professional sportsman in rugby league, you know, it's not, it's not like football, but it gives you a better lifestyle, right? And you want to make it professionally, so your driver is to make it, and then you get in the team. Your driver is to fucking stay in the team, right? You want to stay in the team. And then as you, you get in the team, you made a career like you, your driver then, uh, I think it's become, is to be as good as you can possibly be. And you want to win things, you want to be as good as you can be. And then towards the back end of your career, my, my, my driver was just to be consistently excellent. I, I know what excellent looks like in my job. You know, I know what it looks like. And the, the challenge is, can I do it? Can I give the team, can I give my club like nine out of 10 every week? And I love that kind of challenge of doing it because you win a trophy and that, and that the trophy's won and done and you have to move on to something else, right? But I think trying to, certainly back in the career, and that's what I'm motivated by, by now, is just being excellent, trying to be excellent at whatever I do. And I think uh, if you're motivated by that, you can get out of bed every day because you've got you can do that every day, right? You can do that every hour, you can do that every minute, try to be excellent. Guys, there's no finishing line with that. So I think you know, so first of all, when I first started getting the team, then stay in the team, 
win trophies and it gets down to being as good as you could possibly be for your team and your teammates. Okay. Was it was it the same motivation like in periods of adversary, like yeah. like, like whatever it might be through your career, obviously some bad things might happen. Is it is it the same motivation that helps you get through those those moments as well? Yeah, I think it, it's a good question again. I, I think, you know, when in in all sport you have it's not easy, you know, um, and you have challenging times and challenging moments. I think the key in those times is to be honest with yourself and the group you're with. Um, you know, don't bullshit anyone about what you're doing or or what levels they're at and then stick together and be optimistic that, you know, if you can work, control the things you can control, work hard, stay positive what you're doing, you'll come through 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 the other side of it. And also, I think, you know, a big motivator for people is being criticised, isn't it? You know, you, you see it all the time in sport where they go, we're not bothered by what they say, but the moment somebody anything says anything about them, it motivates them to play better. So I think you're better just being open and honest about things that I think you, you can be motivated by criticism along the way when times are difficult and trying to put things right along the way. So you, you can be motivated by want to be great and get out of this difficult situation, but you can motivate by the criticism you receive as well. I think that's turning like a negative into a kind of positive with what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um maybe following on from that like in terms of the criticism and stuff like you were you were a captain of yeah. of England GB um is that something that came naturally to you or I don't, I don't think it came naturally to me you, you know I think I had those kind of instincts within me but I I, I think I remember I think broke into the first team you know I tried to lead by example and, and try to play as well as I could and I think that's important to be a captain you have to be good at what what you're doing but then I think, you know, people recognise I had ability to say the right thing at the right time, Greg, maybe. And I've, I've got, I'm, I'm, at an early age, I was quite good, I think, at saying the right thing to motivate people to give more than what they thought they could do. Uh, so being a bit, maybe it's almost emotional intelligence, isn't it? Being able to pick up what people can do. And then I developed over time, developed, you know, when I first started, I was pretty hot-headed as a leader and realised I had to manage that a bit and not be as direct and blunt with people and be a bit more, be, be someone told me, be, you know, I was a bit like a steel fist. I'd put, put it in a velvet glove at times. So <laughs> just be a bit less uh, direct to people. So I think, you know, I had some leadership capabilities, was in a good environment showed those but then I was self-aware enough to understand that I needed to improve in areas of leadership as well it's a it's a con you never you're never going to get things right all the time in leadership but you got to work to try be good in those areas did you uh um like in terms of the, the pressure that that yeah you, I as captain and then being like high pressure games those big games against Australia or whoever it might have been um do you have any any thoughts on handling that pressure? How did you go about it in in those? Yeah, days? I mean it's a good one again. I mean, it's a good preparation. I, I I think preparation is key to handling pressure. I think you have to prepare well. I think if you're, you're uh, I think if you go into a big game and you're underprepared, you feel more pressure with it. So the, the idea for me, as I understood as I get older, was to prepare in the right way. Don't play the game before you need to play it. I did, made a mistake in 2001 with a big game where I played the game in the training the week before and then was fried in the game. So you've got to build slowly up to it. 
Um, with pressure, you just got to focus on what you can control. You know, you spoke about this already. It's just true. Prepare well, focus on, on what you can control. And just re remember, you know, with the games, you're doing something you love doing. You know, you, you know the, the pressure is what you put on yourself to perform. So you just got to remember you, you love doing it and uh, go out and enjoy it when you when you do it. Go, go and enjoy that pressure. Yeah. Yeah, there's a. I've been uh, looking a lot into sports psychology lately, and yeah. uh, let's talk about like confidence. How can you improve your confidence in sport? And one of them is like, there's no better way than knowing you've done the work. Like, like, yeah. you know, like if you've put the graft in to your high rocks training, for example, yeah. like that is the best thing that you can do to stand on the, the start line confident. You know, but, uh, yeah. You know what it is that that's inconvenient though because it's not a shortcut. It's yeah, inconvenient yeah. for most people, right? Is that, <laughs> well, how do I get more confidence for a presentation? Well, you, you have to prepare more. You have to put some hours in and you'll feel more confident. Yeah, but that's going to take a long time. Well, that's the fucking point of it. That's, <laughs> that's how you get confidence from it. You can't, you can't really, you know, there's not a life hack or a shortcut to it. You have to put in that work and it will give you, like you said, you, you know, you, you know it when you're on an IROX starting line, whether you put the work in or not, and yeah. that will give you confidence if you aren't, then you can still do it, but you won't yeah. feel as confident. It reminds me too of um, uh, an a, a, a episode I did with Gareth Timmins, like ex-Royal Marine commando, and yeah. he was talking about like, we're not like machines, like we, we, we have the same fears and emotions, but we go into things because we know we know we've done the work. We've we've done the drills like a thousand times and we know what to do and we just like execute as opposed to it's not like we're not thinking about it or worried about it or anything like that. But we we, we know we've done the work. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great saying. If you know you've done the work, then generally yeah. things got wealthy, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um I was doing some research for this and uh, I looked on YouTube and you type in Jamie Peacock on YouTube oh. and you just, you find fights. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, um, was that, uh, was there, was that, was that just because you're an angry northerner? Or was, <laughs> or was there, was there, was there an element of that, you know, was that like team spirit being the captain? Was it, was there an element of that to it? Yeah, you, you've got it right there. It's a bit of that, you know, I, at the time you see me, I was, scrap on the pitch, I was always standing up for teammates and in one of them, you know, the, the, the infamous one with Willie Mason in Australia, my view was, you know, as captain of Great Britain, whatever happens on tour, I was going to be the first person in, you know, if there was any friction or, or any trouble. And I did it the like week before, been simbined and in that fight, made sure I was the first one in there. So for me, you know, it's a case of standing, standing up for my teammates. I think you have to do that as a captain and I did that in, on all the occasions kind of on there but also yeah like I, I I was it's interesting you mentioned anger I was thinking about that because I did the IROX just recently and you know I think as you do on your drive home and thinking after you're thinking about what what can I do better from that and my thing was one thing I, I, I'm pissed off on myself was is that I went I, I, I do things better when I'm angry with them you know I play better when I'm pissed off and I play better when I'm angry, and uh, I, I do stuff like that better when I'm angry. But I went there and thought I'm going to enjoy it, and I realised afterwards that's the wrong thing for me, you know, to do. I need to go there and be pissed off with it, and if I'm be pissed off, I'll, I'll do it better because I want to do it better. So it's interesting how you mention anger, and you can use anger in a positive way. I think. Yeah, it's it's funny you you won't have heard it yet because it only released today, like when yeah. we're recording this. But the the episode with Gareth, um, yeah. the the we talked about exactly the same thing, and you know when when you are digging deep in a race, 
you can think about like your motivation and your goals and why you want to push it. But like when it's getting really dark, uh, yeah. like it's anger and, and, and like hate or whatever it is that that can be a real driver at, oh, at those times. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. You know, the deeper, like I said, the deeper and darker you get into it. I remember some of our toughest training drills, you'd be like, like that's to the players. I know I'm going to swear about this. These are not fucking beating us. You know, the coaches, no one's fucking beating us here. And you know, I'm getting angry that kind of way. And I think, yeah. I got made that mistake. I made that mistake down at Birmingham doing that. I should have gone down with a bit more of a like, but I was just trying to take it all in and be friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be we'll be, be, be a bit worried next race. There's an angry Jamie Peacock running yeah. around the next time. <laughs> <Hyros. laughs> I'll be taking it out on the wall ball or something. Oh, like, mate, nobody else. <laughs> um, what what what? What separated that in your career the, the the successful teams from from those that weren't necessarily successful? Like you presumably all had the same goals, had a lot yeah. of talent, done a lot of work. What was what do you think separated you? Yeah, that's a great question. That is a good question. Um, I reckon first of all that ability to work hard, uh, to work hard and work hard consistently all, all the time and push yourself and push yourself when it gets difficult and it gets challenging and physically in a game. I think the best players and the best teams can push themselves further and harder than other, other teams. They'll probably only be the same levels of fitness. You get them on a VO2 max test, they'll be the same levels mm -hmm. of fitness, but they're able to dig, they show more grit uh, when when times are difficult. Um, and I think they're more consistent with what they're doing. You know, from my experience, um, lots what people find difficult and what teams find difficult is to be consistently good so you'll get a team or a player can give you eight out of ten and then it'll give another eight out of ten but then it'll drop to three four and then back up to eight whereas good sides can be good consistently and that sounds well that's obvious but that's the challenge in doing it consistently and consistently being good in your, your basics and doing them your basics really well doing your fitness really well pushing hard for each other to do that every week is mentally tough to do and I think the best sides are just relentless with that they can relentlessly deliver and they understand their roles as well they, they, they understand what they're going to do for each other in the pitch on, on the pitch as well as well as off it and just I, I think hard work does underpin a lot of it hard work and being able to work hard under pressure as well mm -hmm. okay all right so you've uh you've discovered high rocks <laughs> yeah how did you enjoy it yeah, it was amazing. Look, you know, first of all, um, since since I've finished playing, I've been enjoying running, been enjoying, enjoying doing challenges, but I thought, do you know what? I've got to get out of my comfort zone and do something a bit differently. And I'm just doing running events. And then I came across just IROX. I just strolling down Instagram, aren't you? Like, <laughs> wasting time. <laughs> like, oh, this looks interesting, this. So got into it. And then I was strolling for a couple of weeks and I just thought, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for this. Like, and it, it seems I like it because it's really accessible. I think that's the key with the IROX. It's just, it's just accessible. I think some of the like sporting events can be, there's too much technical expertise. You need too much time to learn things. Whereas this, learn how to run, spend time training and all the other stuff you can pick up within one training session. You can learn how to learn burpee do anything but then I, I just love the combination of running and um, you know functional exercise running functional exercise and I thought I'm going to do this so uh, in it uh, love the training you know the training was great really different doing that kind of thing really push, pushing yourself uh, with it 
really enjoyed it. Give me a really good focus actually, which which I enjoyed as well. I, I think it worked for me because I was really busy at work and I thought I need a good focus outside work. And it was good because I thought I, I like a beer, you know, I drink on a Friday, Saturday, but I thought I'm not going to drink for a couple of months, do this. That was a challenge. But and then finding time to do the training, I like that. I like the discipline of having to do that. And then the event itself was amazing. Brilliant, what a brilliant day, you know, just just loud, uh, full of people, positive, uh, really challenging, really tough as well. And I think the thing is, it's as tough as you want to make it for yourself as an individual, isn't it? It's as tough mm -hmm. as you want it to be. Yeah. And ultimately, you're only ever competing against yourself in that art. Yeah, I think, you know, I know the elites competing against each other, but for the likes of myself, I'm competing against me. You know, I'm trying to, and I like the fact in it, there's lots of times that you, you're, you've got those decisions, aren't you? Whether you like, for example, one would be when you're on a sled pull, do I run to the other side of it or do I just walk there? That's an easy and tough decision. Isn't it? And there's loads yeah. of little ones like that throughout that. But I think it's such a um, an analogy for life because I, I reckon someone who's never done it before, if you do the training and do it as well as you can do and then do the event and just focus on trying to push yourself when you feel tired, then that will help you in life generally. You know, it's, it normally gives you more in terms of like fitness and mentality, but also I think Hyrox can give you benefits just in your general day-to-day -day life because it's a test to you mentally. It's, it's physically, it's a mental test really, you know, as much as it's a physical test uh, with it. So yeah, it's outstanding. I can see why it's grown so much. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be back and do another. A lot of the rugby league lads love it. They're there, you know. I know uh, a lot of lads who are retired. I think it works for them because that's our kind of training. You know, we were doing this kind of training like 20 odd years ago. Uh, that kind of like do a run, then you'll do something really physical, and then you'll you'll go do something aerobic again because that is rugby league basically. It's a little bit like rugby league. So yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Really well run event as well. We're full of good people. All sorts of shapes and sizes, which is fantastic as well, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. the thing uh, about it. It's that they're all shapes and sizes kind of doing it. And, yeah, and I think anybody could get themselves ready to do that in a, in a period of time, yeah. So, yeah, what an event. Yeah, brilliant. Um, what, where does your mind go during those tough, like, I know we've talked about, you know, <laughs> like the anger and stuff. Yeah. Was there, is there anything else that you, that you think about or use to motivate you? Yeah, I think I, I think a good a good motive there for me, I didn't use it in IROX, but it's been like I was when I run a marathon first time ever was, you know, doing it for my dad or doing it for somebody else can really motivate you in the times. But I just think you've got to get a bit angry with yourself at times and just like you always got two voices in those situations, aren't you? And you've got one who says quit and the other voice you just got to shut the fuck up and go go suck to my language and go do it and go run it. And you're not gonna win that. And you're not going to win every one of those battles, right? You know, you are going to take a shortcut from time to time, but the more you can take the, the harder option, the easier that becomes for you. And I think it's just, when it's difficult, just push yourself and just know you're enjoying it. Know you you know this, you like being in this situation. I like being in that situation where it's difficult and it's dark and you're getting challenged, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you sort of alluded to some of the other stuff that you've been doing, like marathons. Did I, did I see you done a 100 miler as well? Yeah, yeah, but did uh, yeah. So, uh, so basically, I'll start with that. I started running, Greg, because I missed the like physical challenge on on a weekend of playing out. That's the thing I missed at the start, you know, pushing yourself. 
And I think I'll always miss that. And I miss that shared sense of achievement with somebody else, with another group of people. But running kind of took over it. I tried to push myself hard for a run and went, you know, progressed up to running half marathon, then ran my first marathon. Uh, did like a double ultra marathon, then a double marathon. Then me and my mate, Simon Dent, um, I do a lot of running with. We decided to do a double, double marathon around London uh, to raise money for Greenhouse Sports Project. So did it and got around in 21 hours for it. So that was, yeah, that was uh, just, yeah, Difficult, mate. It was difficult. Yeah, difficult. Difficult in a different way to Irox because Irox, she, 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 your heart rate's mega high, whereas this, just your body's falling to pieces and you're battling sleep deprivation and everything. But it's a good challenge. Do you know when you do? I think when you do something like that, um, everything in your life feels so much easier for a long time because you just, you know, if you've got something difficult to do, you're like. I've run 100 miles three weeks ago. This is nothing. And I think that's the same for most people for high rocks, though, because I think high rocks is an intense event. And for most people, you're really pushing yourself. And I reckon your life will be easier after that for a while. Because you went, well, I push, I push myself when I was doing them wall balls, so I can do this anywhere. Yeah, 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 definitely. Is that, I mean, you're a big guy. Yeah. Those, those 100 milers and marathons and everything really must be like extra yeah. difficult as a result, right? Is there, do you have any? tips like for for other big guys that even just want to take on a high rocks yeah i just think in high rocks you just got to understand you are a big guy and you've got to spend time running you know when, where what did i weigh in on the day just over 100 kilos on the day um so you just got to understand that running's not going to be your forte in it but <laughs> that don't mean that you can't I, I tried to run as much as possible in my training just because i knew that was going to be challenging uh with it and just, you, you know, you're like, there's some miles bigger guys than me doing it. I wonder there's some big people yeah. doing that, in there, and they push themselves. So my tip is, just because you're big, don't shy away from the running. You have to do the running and training, get as much of it in as, as you possibly can, can with it. You know, I, I think my training, when I review it now, I needed to have done more like burpee broad jumps. If I was going to, when I review my training, and you know, then when I go in again, I'm going to do... More of those burpee brawl jumps, and you got to know as a big guy, you're going to suffer on them. There, there, yeah. no, no, nobody over 100 kilos likes a burpee brawl jump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone likes them, but especially no. if they're 100 kilos. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, what's the toughest thing that you've done in sport? Is there anything spring to mind? Oh, that is such a good question. I reckon, you know, when you're in the heat of a test match against like the best teams in the world, and and it's and it's physical. You, you've really got to concentrate on what's going on, going going on around you. You know you make a mistake and it's going to end up in a try. But you're under loads of physical duress, and you might be playing for 50, 55, 60 minutes, say against Australia, and you know you're in a tight game against them. They're probably the most challenging moments, but ultimately they're the most enjoyable because you you do you're in your element. You've trained for this, and you and you and you love doing it. And I love. I miss that a lot, you know, being in being in a situation where you know you're under fatigue, but every decision you you make has a lot of weight around it because you're in a really tight game and you're against really good opposition. So if you're against shit opposition, they and you make a mistake, they they won't see it. But when you're against really good opposition, you make a mistake under under physical duress, then they'll score. And I, I love that part of it. And they they were the challenging moments. Outside that, I, I think. 
probably, you know, midway through the 100 miler, not midway through it, but there's a couple of points where you're just thinking this this is fucking, this is really, really challenging this. And we've still got like 25 miles to run on this. So, uh, get, you know, in the middle of the night when you're running through, you know, running around East London in the middle of the night ain't the best place to be, is it? <laughs> respect. So uh, that that was a challenge uh, too with it. Um yeah, I'd say, yeah, they're the, they're the two kind of moments. But tell you what, when I was on the wall balls at the end, that was that was tough. I was proper yeah, gassed at the end of and the end of that. You don't realise how much they're going to get you at the end, do you? Nah, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. We've had uh, we had someone on here, Bobby D, who who sort of says he can do 150 unbroken like when he's when he's fresh and he yeah. you know came out to that and like done eight you know or, yeah that, yeah I was the same like I can like smash, I can smash him and then I was like I didn't turn I was like fucking in pieces here yeah. <laughs> like, get rid of this <laughs> yeah. yeah they hit different um what about the best sporting experience does anything spring to mind for that yeah oh, that's a great <laughs> question again Greg uh I'm enjoying this you've got some good questions on here um so I think my, my great sporting experience, what, 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 there's there's a few in there really, and I think they're all different. But being be in Australia in Australia when I was captain in 2006, uh, that that was a special moment. You know, that that's 17 years ago now. And that's the last time Great Britain or England beat Australia, and to be a captain that day was a special special moment. Say the background, you know, like 10 years ago I was trialing to get a contract. 10 years later, I'm captain in my country to beat the best team in the world in their own country. Uh, that was really special. And then 2015, when I finished playing, uh, we we won the grand final to win the treble um, right at the, the end. And, you know, I was right next to my mate, Kevin Sinfield, and we were both retiring and we, we won it and we managed to win the treble with, with a special group of, of players. But then also, you know, like kind of running my first marathon, I, I thought, because I'm a big guy and it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was when you finish that line, you pretty emotional when you finish something like that I think you know it really really gets you I bet a lot of people feel like that with iRoch complete your first iRoch should be emotional with it so that that was up there with it for, for me as well and then probably probably the most emotional thing I've ever done with and this is so you so you know like my mate Kev Sinfield has been doing the runs for Rob Burrow and you know it's so Rob Burrow, so I explain the backdrop. Rob Burrow is my ex-teammate, for those who don't know, who got MND. He's only he got he's 37 years of age, you know, it's, it's a death sentence. And he's seen a massive decline in him, and he's become the public figurehead for MND to try and rate, try and raise awareness. But my mate Kevin Simfield has been doing some ridiculous challenges for it. You know, he ran seven marathons in seven days, then ran under mile. But then he, he ran seven ultra marathons in seven days, and I ran one of the legs with him. And one of the legs, we uh, and this, the thing leading into it, I'd not had enough training. So the furthest I'd run were like eight miles, and I turned up, and I knew I had to run like 30, 33 miles. <laughs> and I knew, I thought, I can't be someone who's dragging energy away from them because this is their fifth day. So anyway, on the, on the day we run, we did it, and we were running into York, and we ran into York. And I don't know if you know York, but York's, pretty magical place as you as you're running it's got all these cobbled streets and it's got the big cathedral and it was getting dusk and it was near christmas so all like these lights were out and i honestly i kept it together all the way through greg but then the last mile what had happened through it my knee were hurting at one point then my back had hurt then my hamstring had hurt but then it all swapped around so i could manage it and i kept my spirits up 
you know, been trying to push everybody, like, and, but the last man, my fucking everything fell to pieces and I was in, like, the worst pain I've been in. But I knew I had to finish it. And more and more people, we went from having, like, two or three people on the roads to there was, like, five or six people deep who were pissing it down. They didn't have to be there. By the time we got into the, uh, the centre of York, there must have been like two or 3,000 people there had all come out just to see us come across this ultra marathon. Now, those of you know when you do sport and you get deep in it, you get emotional pretty quickly, don't you? And, you get, and I burst into tears, me. I just I just couldn't handle just just what I'd done and being part of it and just everything, all that like outpouring of like love and respect for what Kev had done and for Rob and everything else. It was just... It was absolutely overwhelming. I was more overwhelmed than anything I've, I've ever done in my professional sporting career. It was that? It was, uh, it was wow. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. All right. That's that's, that's amazing. Um. Uh. Can you just uh, go, like it, through through your career? Presumably, you had some injuries at times. How did you? What? Wh- how was your mindset around those injuries, and how, yeah. how did you think about those? Yeah, so I was pretty lucky, you know, I only had little bits of injuries and then when I was 33, I got serious injury, I, I uh, ruptured my ACL and then tore my postlateral corner as well, which, you know, your ACL is nine months, put your postlateral corner into it, it's 11 months out of, of the game and, and, and I found it challenging, you know, um, because what I started to do, I trained too hard trying to come back and what I realised you know, when you're coming back from a big injury, you've got to stay in like a real sweet zone and stay in that. Whereas I was training above it, like I was used to training really hard and it wasn't getting me anywhere. And I remember like six months into it, I was really, I was nearly at the point where I was going to have to retire. But I thought to myself, you know, what am I doing wrong here? And I thought, I'm just training too hard. I need to like just do what I'm told to do for this power. And if you do what you're told to do, you'll come back from it. So I started. Uh, to do that and I managed to come back from it but how I worked it mentally my mind was each day think about yourself that you're getting better you know one step at a time so if you have an injury um, listen to your physio I think and just take it a day at a time try and improve a little bit each day and what will also happen when you're injured is your your progress is not linear it's not a straight line progress from injury I think will go like that and then you'll go like that and then you and it's more like steps than linear so just be ready for that when you're coming back from it and just just take each week or each day as it comes up think I'm going to be out for a long time here try and chunk it down it's like like when you do an IROX race you chunk it don't you so you, you need to chunk any injury down as well yeah 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 um do you, you've obviously been doing a lot do high rocks marathons ultras do you think it's important for ex-players like when they've been at that level in sport to to find something like that to continue to do yeah, I think it's more than important. I think it's essential. I, I think for me, it's almost like non-negotiable that you, you have to do that. I, I think you spend 20 years, you know, in a physical pursuit of, 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 you know, trying to be excellent, trying to win things. Your mindset's all linked to it. The worst thing I ever did for six weeks after I finished playing, I didn't do anything. And, and I thought, and after six weeks, I thought, what am I doing? I feel, I feel fucking terrible here. Yeah. Trying to do, I like training. <laughs> so I started training. And then I think giving yourself little goals, you know, to do it's really good for you mentally and I just think the the community you can get involved with as, as well are all like-minded people as well expect to get involved with like-minded people who, who are enjoying fitness and the benefits that come with it Greg rather than people who want to be negative drag you down get you in a pub all the time those kind of things I think we are 
influenced by the people surround ourselves with that way you know there's no doubt about that with it and i just think if you can get yourself doing a lot of competition not but entering competitions it gives you a goal and you spend your life as a professional sports person being goal driven and goal oriented and that's taken away from you so you need to supplement it and why not with like physical competitions it, it's worked for me it's really been great for me i, I don't miss playing greg at all and i'm really happy in, in my you know little life that i've got now like doing my work having my fitness goals and and it, and it works for me i'm quite um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably happy now than when I play because I ain't got that pressure of having to play every week. And that, you, you, when you're in it, you don't realise how tough that is. And then I was thinking about it the other day. I thought, I'm quite really happy. I enjoy doing my air rocks and my running and that. And I thought, it's because there's not that constant pressure of having to deliver publicly in front of everybody. It's a great life as being professional sport, but it does come high demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in your work at the moment, you're doing like motivational speaking and, and and you've got uh, I saw you had like a, a a keynote talk that looked at the 12 principles that create a winning team and culture um now the people listening to this aren't necessarily looking to build a winning team yeah but is there like one or two principles that, that spring to mind that you think might might be of interest to people that are listening to this and you know in, in the Hirox world yeah, of course. So there's like five in that that are about being the best as an individual. And I think to be your best as an individual, you have to surround yourself with positive influences and be a positive influence to other people. I think that's really important in life. I think we have a choice who we decide to influence you. If you've got negative people in life, cut them out of your life and surround yourself with the people people that you want to be and who push you. And that's really important. Uh, being self-disciplined, I think it's important. We've picked that up, haven't we, that in this, that discipline to me means you do something because something, somebody tells you to do it, whereas being self-disciplined is far more rewarding. Um, it's about making that easy to decision or tough decision. Uh, going the extra miles, important. You know, go, going above and beyond what you're asked to do in, in life or what you ask of yourself is will always, will always, always help you. And I think now more than ever, people are satisfied just doing what they're told to do, whereas if you can go above and beyond and go the extra mile, that will help you. And that's a choice, right? It's not talent, that's a choice. Then my final little two, we've covered one already, is just believe in yourself. I think that's really important, right? Got, got to back yourself in your big moments. And then just have a, I, I talk about like keep improving, but to me, that's having a growth mindset. I think we should always be trying to learn from people and, and learn and experience different things. And I think, those kind of five things really help you in life. Then my final one would be, I think you've got to celebrate your little successes and wins in life. I think it's too often in our lives, we focus on what we're not good at doing, the things that have gone wrong. And, and that's part of evolution, right? Because, you know, 100,000 years ago, Greg, if we saw a saber-toothed tiger, we know, don't go back there, that's trouble, right? But we use that now when we have bad decisions or things go wrong, and that's great because we'll... We'll focus on improvement, but we never kind of recognise the things we've done well in our lives. So, you know, if you're listening, maybe spend time on a Friday, have a thinking about your week and think about, you know, I did that really well personally, I did that really well professionally, I did that really well with my family and just be more kind to yourself. And I think there are things we can all do and can help anybody do them. Yeah, love it. That that balance between like growth mindset and then like recognizing what you've done and not trying to constantly just do do more is uh i think that's an important point that i probably need to take on myself yeah maybe you know like I, I think your you know your website's been amazingly helpful to me during during the program you know Thank during you. training and you know 
the the podcast you do, the articles you put on are really well thought through. I, I've got so much out of it. It's been brilliant. So, you know, it's maybe been a positive influence to you there, Greg. Thank you. I appreciate that. If I didn't mean it, I won't say it. So, um, so th- th- this has been great. I really appreciate it. Is there? Do you want to tell people about like the work that you're doing now? I think you've got a, have you got a 30 day wellbeing program? And yeah, yeah, I've got a few different things going on. You can just if you're interested in anything I do, just I've got a website, jamiepeacock.co.uk, and there's like wellbeing leadership talks on there, those kind of things, bit coaching on there as well. But no, it's just been a pleasure being on there. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to try, you know promote irox where i can i will be back and doing a get a couple of these marathons out of way and then i'll be back and doing another one yeah and uh yeah it's been really nice to be on here all right awesome really yeah good. thank you really appreciate it good luck for the marathons uh yeah and hopefully see you at Hyrox again soon yeah you definitely see me at one again soon all right all right brilliant cheers take care